Well, we'll go ahead and get started. All right. So again, hey, we're glad that you're here. I know it's like the week before Easter, and I know you guys are probably not like worrying about like what you're gonna wear, but I am. So like, cause you know, go ahead matching outfits with the wifey. If we're not, like not matching, like it's a bad day. Um, so you know, gotta get all that on fleek. Is is that still no? Fleek is not no. Then 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 what's the new word? Hip. That was like 1980. Yeah, but everything from the past. We said bustin' now. Bullets and weird things. Bustin'? Bustin'? No, no. Look, we're we're gonna stick with fleek, okay? Because that's what I think is cool. So, and gonna come back. But hey, we are glad that you're here. Um, and so we've been in this series, right? Called what? What is Easter? Right. And so the very first week we talked about um, how we see Jesus and we said that everyone, regardless of if they've been in church their whole life or for a week, they have some perception of Jesus, right? Like everybody sees Jesus some certain way. And we talked about how a lot of our perceptions is based on what we experience, right? Like if we experience things and people tell us, well, that's because God loves you, then we want to see things that equate to that. Um, and then last week we talked about restoration, right? Who who remembers what restoration means? Just shout it out. To bring back to a certain position or shape, shape or whatever. You're like almost word for word, dude. That's awesome. Like I couldn't remember that, and I'm and I'm talking about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so we talked about restoration, right? And we talked about how Jesus, because of what he did. Um, on the cross, because of what he did, he, he came back to life three days later. Because of that, we are restored to God, right? So you nod your head. There you go. You guys are so good. So this week, on your outline, you see tonight's, you see a space for tonight's focus, and here it is. The significance of the journey. Again, the significance of the journey. And here's why... The significant. Here's why the journey is significant because the very the very first second that you put your faith into Jesus, or the very first second that you start asking questions about Jesus, you are you are on a journey. And if you know anything, if you know anything about journeys, sometimes there's some twists and turns along the way, right? Sometimes there's things that happen that we weren't expecting, and the same thing is true with our faith life. Like I've been a Christian, I've, I gave my life to Jesus when I was nine, year, nine years old, but I can tell you I've gone through some things that I was not expecting. I've gone through some things that if I could have like planned around it, I would have. And so all of us are on a journey. And, and, and here is what I, here's one thing I want to communicate. In certain Christian circles and in, in, in certain church groups, there can almost be this idea that like there's there's like levels of following Jesus. Like you can only follow like you're only a follower of Jesus if you do this many prayers, read the Bible this many times. But really, if you love Jesus and you are trying to honor him in all that you do, you're on the journey just as much as, just as much as anyone else is. Because I want to sit here and tell you that I read my Bible every single day. I don't. I want to sit here and tell you that every not I go to bed praying with my wife and, and, and we go to bed reading through the Bible. We don't. We've had a plan all week to finish our night reading through the Bible together. 
And we've done it zero times. So on the journey of faith, you're not going to be perfect. And in my book, and I don't know everything. I know some things, but not everything. But in my book, if you're following Jesus and, and, and you're trying to love him with all that you got, you're, you're on the right track when it comes to, your, comes to your faith life. And so the next thing in your notes, it says that following Jesus is a journey that requires other people. So in other words, if you are following Jesus along the journey of that, along the twists and turns, it requires other people. Why? Because there's some things that you go through that if you were handling it by yourself, you couldn't handle on your own. But if you have people around you, it gets a little easier to handle. Right? Like there's some things that I've gone through. If I didn't have Becca, I don't know where I would be, to be honest with you. Like I probably wouldn't be doing this, just, be, just to be frank with you. And so the, the following Jesus is a journey that requires other people. And here's why the, the, the faith life is a journey, because there's going to be unknowns. There's going to be moments that you weren't expecting, and that's okay. Like just because you, you encounter an unknown, just because you go through a difficult time does not mean that God's punishing you. That was my perception growing up. Because I went through things, and I was like, well, God's just punish me, punishing me for something. But that's not the case. Like, we're, we, we are supposed to encounter un, unknowns. Like, if we knew everything that was going to happen, we would have no need for God, right? Because we, because we could depend on our own selves. We could depend on our own strength. But we don't know everything. Like, I can plan my life out for the next five years. Probably not going to go exactly like that, right? Like, as much of you guys know, we're having a baby, me and Becca, right? I can sit here and plan, like, oh, she's going to be like this. It's, it's, it's a girl, by the way, which, pray for me. But I can sit here and I can say, well, at year one, she's going to do this. At year two, she's going to do this. Well, by day two, it's going to be different than I was expecting. And all my parents can, can attest to that, right? And so... There's going to be unknowns. There's going to be moments where you experience something and you question it. You question the purpose of what God's doing. You question if God's even real. And that's not a reflection of your faith. That's not a reflection of, of God's punishment. That, that, that is just real life. So like, like, like I said, I've been a Christian since nine, and I've questioned God on so many things. Like even before I came here to be your youth pastor, me and Becca questioned that. We didn't question what he was calling us to do, but we, we, we questioned the timing of it. Because we had just come from, we had just went through a major loss. And we're like, why in the world is God having us move in the midst of trying to figure all this stuff out? And so there's going to be unknowns. And in tonight's text, in, in tonight's scripture that we're going to be in, you're, we're, we're going to drop in on two guys who are on a journey. We're, we're going to drop in on, on, on two guys they're on their journey, and we're going to see three takeaways, three things that we can take into our own walks of faith. And listen, if you're here, if you're listening to the podcast, our hope, our prayer, our only prayer, our only prayer is that you will encounter Jesus, because that's why we're here. You're not here to follow me, because that would be a terrible mistake. You're not here to follow the leaders, because they make mistakes too. So the only reason you are here, truly, 
is to encounter Jesus. And that's our prayer. So in the back of your chairs, there should be a Bible. So go ahead and pull out the Bible or the chair in front of you, whichever you want to do. I know some people are like, well, that's the front. That's whatever you want to do. Find a Bible. That's all I care about, okay? But either in the chair behind you or a chair in front of you, there's a Bible. And I want to encourage you, as you can see on your outline, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, which for those that may not be super familiar with the Bible, which is okay, it is page 498. So on your Bibles, and I'm reading from the same version and copy that you are, but on page 498, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. And we're going to be within the area of of verses 13 through 35, but we're not going to read the whole thing because that's a lot of verses. And I would love to talk to y'all about the Bible. I would love to read the Bible to y'all, like word for word. But probably about two minutes in, you'd be like, all right, I'm kind of done with this with this dude. Like, he's reading a lot. So we're going to be kind of jumping a little bit here and there. But like I said, in, in, the, in, in, in this journey of these two guys, we're going to see three takeaways for our, for our faith life. Because what I believe... Is that yes, this was written like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years ago, like thousands of years ago. And there were different people and there were different things going on. But when the Holy Spirit inspired these men to write this, the Holy Spirit had us in mind. So it's written for us just as much as it was written for them. So before we dive into any verses, I want to give you the first takeaway. And this is and, and we see this through this through this whole story. But the first takeaway is this. Jesus is with us on the journey. So takeaway number one, Jesus is with us on the journey. And here's the reality of life. Here's the reality of people. Because who likes people? I like people, right? Some would say I'm a people person, and I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. And I, have some, I, and, and, and I know some of the best people around like these volunteers they're the best people around because they put up with me and my craziness and and they're gonna get like a lot of crowns in heaven for that okay and as good as people are as awesome as people are people fail sometimes i won't have you tell stories but if you've had a friend like kind of just disappoint you and kind of let you down raise your hand most of us have our hands up right I have plenty of people in my life who, who I've known that they have like kind of dropped the ball. And so people failed. But Jesus is with us. And so next thing, no matter how many unknowns we encounter, because again, we're going to encounter unknowns, right? No matter how many unknowns we encounter, Jesus is always there. People aren't consistent. Like I love our pastor here, but sometimes he's not consistent. I'm not consistent. Like as your youth pastor, I'm not consistent, y'all. As a husband, I'm not consistent. And good thing Becca's not here because she can't amen to that. And so I'm not consistent. People aren't consistent. All your friends, they're probably not always consistent. Like your parents sometimes aren't always consistent, right? Sometimes you're not consistent, right? But let's just be real. Sometimes like it's easy to, to call out other people, but sometimes we're not pretty consistent with people, right? Sometimes we let our emotions dictate what we're going to do, how we're going to respond to somebody. 
So no matter how many unknowns that we encounter, Jesus is always there. Because any step away from comfort is difficult, right? Like, who likes being comfortable? I do. Like, I don't know one person who would come to me and say, Aaron, my, like, I, I know no couple that would come to me and say, Aaron, our idea of a perfect date night is total discomfort. Like, no one says that. And if someone does, I'll pray for them a lot. <laughs> like, you would not come to me and say, for my whole week of spring break, I want to be miserable as possible. No one says that. So any step outside, any step outside of comfort is difficult. And so again, through this whole story, we see Jesus is with us. And here's the second takeaway. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. So here, we're going to read, or I'm, I'm, I'm going to read verses 19 through 24. But before I do that, I want you to know what's going on. So in, in, in the verses prior to this, you have these two guys that are walking down the road. And has anyone ever heard of, uh, heard of the Emmaus walk or the Emmaus road? Yeah. So these two dudes are walking down this road called, called Emmaus. And that they are heading towards, towards Jerusalem or, or, or heading back from Jerusalem. They're walking, they're walking, and all of a sudden this, this guy appears. Like they're walking, all of a sudden this, this third person comes into the picture. And these two guys are walking, they got their, like, they're, they're, they're disappointed, they're, they're upset. And this third guy's like, hey, like, what's, what's going on? Like, you, like you, you know those people that like come into, like, after a conversation, they're like, well, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And you're like, we just, like, spent the past ten minutes talking about it. It was kind of like that. Like, these, these guys are talking, and all of a sudden this person comes up. And then verse 19, check it out. What things, he asked, and this, and, and, and this is Jesus. And these guys have, this is their reply. About Jesus and Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Verse 24, then some of our, com- some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as, they, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So in this moment, these two guys are like, so we had this idea of what Jesus was like. Like we heard that Jesus was like the redeemer and the restorer of Israel, but then he died. And so that really wasn't what they were hoping for. And so they had lost, they were confused, right? Like if, if, if I came to you and I said, now guys, in the month of April, we're going to have a hundred kids in this room, which would be awesome, by the way. And I said, I can guarantee you, I have every solution, every strategy to guarantee that we'll have a hundred kids in this room. Now, if April comes and goes and there's like, 10 people in the room, which hopefully that's never the case because I'm not doing my job good enough. But if you come in and there's not 100 people, you're like, like, what's going on, dude? Like, you promised us 
that you were going to bring all these kids. And so these two guys, along with a lot of other people, they had heard the promise of, of a Messiah, the promise of a Redeemer. Jesus comes on the scene saying, hey, I'm, I'm that guy. And then he, he dies. And it's been three days. And they're like, what's, what's going on? And they're confused. And when, and when they become confused, they lose hope. Who's been there before? Who, who's lost hope? I have. And sometimes, like, the worst place to be is a hopeless place. Like, that can bring some of the hardest feelings and thoughts that we even encounter. I so said they were, they, they, they were hopeless. And then we know, by the story, three days later, he came back to life, right? We know that because this is, what, who, they, this is who they're talking to. And here's what we come to see about Jesus. Jesus doesn't mimic the world. Jesus changes the world. Because when Jesus came onto the scene and he was doing all these things, he wasn't matching what the popular opinion was. Because people probably thought, well, if he's going to be this mighty king and come restore us, he's probably coming come on, on, on a white horse, like all this power. Like, y'all, he came in on a donkey. I don't know about you, but when I think of, like, not exciting animals, I think of a donkey. Of a turtle. I think a donkey's worse than a turtle. So when we think of power, no one thinks of donkeys, right? Like, we're thinking, like, like okay, for all my Twilight fans, still, still praying about that. But if Edward came in on a donkey... You'd probably be like, dude, what's going on? Right? Like, you're supposed to be saving this girl, and you're riding on a donkey. So Jesus comes in on a scene, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the Savior, and he comes in on a donkey. So people are like, what's going on? There's no way a king, there's no way someone of power would choose a donkey. But he did. So Jesus doesn't mimic the world. He changes the world. He doesn't want you to mimic the world. He doesn't want you just to be like the world. Because there's plenty of people, and I'm like spitting all over the place, so I'm sorry for you guys. I'm sorry for you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a towel afterward, I don't know. But Jesus, he doesn't mimic the world. He doesn't want you to either. Listen, there is enough people who is about the world, okay? There's enough people. I know it's cool, hit, fleek, whatever, to be part of the world, but that's not what we need right now. We need more people who love Jesus enough to stand up for Jesus. Because the world's kind of messed up. Wouldn't you agree? Like, the world's messed up. And I know that, like, when I was going through high school and middle school, it was tough. But for you guys, it's worse. Like, I can't imagine going through high school online. I can't imagine that. Like, I'm a social person, as you can probably tell. So that's like the worst, like, that, that is my idea of the, of, of, of the worst thing possible. And so we don't need people to mimic the world. There's enough people like that. We need more people to be about Jesus and the things that he wants us to be about. He wants you all to stand out. He wants you all to be a light for the world. He calls you all, if you're a Christian, he calls you to be a light to the world. He calls you to be the salt of the earth. He calls you to stand out. And beyond that, he calls you to be a light for Jesus, not for you. Because we have enough people trying to boast their own name and their own brand and whatever. 
I'm not like I'm 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 not exciting enough to be followed by anybody. Like if you if you follow me on Instagram, I have like five posts. Cause I'm terrible at Instagram. On Facebook, same thing, like five posts. Cause people don't need to know about me. I don't. I'm not exciting. I'm not. But you know what is exciting? Jesus. You know all the things that he can do? I can't even come close to that. And so Jesus doesn't mimic the world. He calls he he changes the world. And again, that's what he what what these guys were coming into in, in coming into contact with. And going on to our third and final takeaway. An encounter with Jesus comes with a purpose. So an, an encounter with Jesus comes with a purpose. Verse 33, it says this, check it out. They got up, and, and so between verse 24 and verse 33, Jesus reveals that he's God. He, he reveals that he's Jesus. And, and it's, it's really cool. If you, if you really read this, he, he, he reveals himself through breaking of the bread. And that's so significant. Like, for those of you that, that have been here on Sunday mornings, like when we do communion, there's a point to it. We're not like taking a midnight, or like we're not taking a mid-break snack in church. Like there is significance behind the bread. So Jesus reveals it. It says that he opens their eyes and they realize that it's Jesus they're talking to. And they're like, man, why weren't we like picking up on that? If you, if, if, if you read, you see them, on, actually in verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while, we talked with, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They're like, hey, why, are, why didn't we know this was Jesus? But anyway, so verse, 30, verse 33 says this. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Then they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has, and has appeared to Simon. Then the, two, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And so like I said, in an encounter with Jesus, it comes with a purpose. And what's the purpose? Here it is. An opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Whenever you encounter Jesus, whenever you encounter what he does in your life, there is an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. In fact, if you read Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, who's heard of the Great Commission before? Anybody? Maybe. I know, I know my adults have. So in the Great Commission, Jesus says, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Jesus says, go out, go into the world, and make other followers of me. He says, go and make disciples. In other words, go make people followers of me. And so we're supposed to tell people, but like, like talking about Jesus is not supposed to be awkward. It's not. It's not supposed to be this like secretive thing of, ooh, maybe I'll talk to him, but I'm going to do it like in private where no one can see. Like It's not supposed to be like that. Like Jesus says, hey, go into the world, whether they're watching or not, and make disciples. And that's what these two guys did, right? 
Again, verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. So they weren't like, oh, let's, let's sit here for, for a little bit, a few hours, take it in. No, they got up immediately. And they went to Jerusalem. They didn't like stop by any shops and like, oh, let's, let's get some shopping in. No, they, they went immediately to the 11 and to other people. And we don't know how, how, how many people were with the disciples, but I'm going to say it was a lot. Because one thing I've noticed about death is that it, it, it brings people together for whatever reason. And so I have to imagine there's people there just like mourning over him, mourning over the death of Jesus. And these two men, they go to them. They don't stop. I mean, they probably do, but they, they, they don't take their time. They get up and they go at once to Jerusalem. And so here is the application for tonight. Will you tell people about Jesus? Pretty simple. That is the beauty of the gospel. It is simple. It's not complicated. It is simple. So tonight, if you're here, if you are a Christian, if you are someone who puts, who has put their faith in him, will you tell people about Jesus? And really this falls like on a, on a perfect time because... What, what's on Sunday? Easter. Easter, right? Did you know that Easter and Christmas are two of the most attended times in church? We call them Christers. They come on two occasions, Christmas and Easter. And so this weekend could potentially, I know we got COVID and all that, but potentially this weekend could be the most packed church or the most packed place this has been for a couple of weeks now. Because even the people who don't want church, they don't like believe in this stuff, they'll come with their family. They'll suffer for a little bit. So if you need like a reason to invite, like I, I get it. Like how do I start that conversation? How do I get into that moment? Hey, invite them to church. Like, hey, be like, hey, I know it's Easter and like I know the normal thing is to come to church. Hey, come to church with me. Or if you don't come on Sunday mornings, Hopefully you do. Invite them here on Wednesday nights. I mean, I know I'm kind of weird, but we have some fun here and there. So maybe you don't invite them on Sunday morning, but you invite them here on Wednesday nights. So when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter the things that he can do, what will you do?